Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beach is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Cannell, Raja Bell, joining for the next hour. We've got a ton of stuff to get to. Uh, baseball playoffs. You into them at all? Um, more so than I am the regular season. Yeah, right. I watched well, a little less. I think that's a lot of baseball fans tune in. I think... The atmosphere in baseball, the playoff atmosphere, I think it's really underrated. I don't think it's exciting. appreciate it as enough. It's you really feel exciting. the energy. It's palpable. Yeah. We have David Sampson uh, help us break that down a little bit later in the show. I want to get to the Patriots-Colts, talk about those teams, but I have a question. I, I like. I have a lot of different things I want to ask you that okay. have nothing to do with sports. I know we're going to get to that. Uh, I consider myself a man of fashion. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Turtlenecks, broke those out, started the trend. Started the rest it. of the NBA has followed suit. Yeah. Now it's cool. Yeah. I started it. I'm behind this trend, but I'm curious to know if I can pull it off. So fanny packs are all the rage. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm a backpack guy because I, I think I can still pull off the backpack. Right. I got a bunch of stuff when I travel. I use a backpack. And I get heat sometimes. Like, you're too old for a backpack. I'm like, no, backpacks are Backpacks nice are fine, yeah. Fanny pack, not even a nice fanny pack like because they're the thing. And you don't even wear them as a fanny. You wear them over the shoulder strap, and they're in the front. Yes. And I'm, then you go with, like, a big brand. You make a little fashion statement. If you there. like fanny packs. <laughs> I've never I've never had one. Then don't force a fanny pack. <laughs> then don't go in. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, they may be in, but if right. it's not you, then you're just, like, you forcing. No. I still want what I think was the coolest thing I've ever seen was when I saw I was at the same hotel as the Miami Heat one time, right? And uh, they were traveling, and they they got like suitcases for days, like all Louis Vuitton stuff. And uh, D Wade had a Louis Vuitton hat bag. It was just a bag for his hats. I was like, I got to get one of those because I love wearing baseball hats. Like all the time, I wear a hat. I I, want to be able to carry multiple ones in my Louis Vuitton hat hat bag. I think you just liked that it was Louis Vuitton. I don't think you really need a hat bag. No, yeah, you're talking baseball caps versus like fedoras, bro. You don't need a you don't need a hat bag for your baseball. (laughs) I do. I like to take care of my baseball hats. Uh, All right, let's do some serious stuff. We'll have some fun uh, a little bit later. Uh, Patriots, Colts. Yeah. Tonight we're gonna get to our picks later in, in the show. But the Patriots, all of a sudden, it's funny how. We do this when we talk about sports and we overreact. We're like, oh my gosh, the dynasty's coming to an end. Then all of a sudden the Dolphins come back and it seems like that's their get right team. The Patriots, whenever they face the Dolphins, yeah. they've owned them. Poor 15 Dolphins. and one Brady is against them in Foxborough. Seemingly it's like we've put all their problems to bed at two and two. Yes, it's what they've done in the past, but I still look at them. Gronk is a question mark this week with, uh, health. I still look at that defense and I say, all right, they were good against the Dolphins. I I still look at this team with a little more distrust than I have in years past. Yeah, well, first of all, if we didn't come in here and overreact after every, like, <laughs> what we, would we, we wouldn't we have do? a job. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, and the, the line's at, what, 10 this week? Yeah, I think that's I a little high. I was shocked at that number. Yeah, that's wow. high. But you have to take into account, you know, those Thursday night games for the road teams are are just brutal, right? Yeah. Like on that short week. So there's some of that involved. But as, you, as, as it pertains to the Patriots, I don't think that they are... Um, they've got everything figured out, if you will. But I'm, it's going to be really hard for you to get me to not think that they are going to continue trending in the right direction because I got enough of a track record that suggests that they will. Um, you know what was interesting to me is like Sony Michelle, and this one popped out. Mm-hmm. He had 25 carries against the Dolphins, and I'm going to ask you: Was that we're flowing in a game, so we're going to let him keep touching it, or was there a concerted effort? Because the two prior games, 
he went for 12 per game. So it was 24 rushes in two games combined, and then he carries the ball 25 times. You saw a little bit more balance in that offense. I love it because I loved the pick of Sony Michelle coming out of Georgia, and I thought he was going to have a monster year. He's quick. He's elusive. I thought he could hurt him in the pass game too because he's a route runner. And if you saw what he did at Georgia, Nick Chubb was the power. Sony Michelle was the breakaway guy. I thought Tom Brady would have a field day with him. So a little bit of me watching their first three games was like you're thinking, like, where is this guy? Like, right. what are you doing? I think we all forget that it's hard to pick up an offense. Like, and I think as he gets more comfortable in the system, they'll start to use him more and more and start featuring more because he is like a, a toy that Tom Brady can have a field, like go out there and sure. have a ton of fun with. And I think that's what you're going to see. So I think you're going to see more of Sony Michelle as it gets going. Um, the defense is playing a lot better. You see, you, they did lose a defensive coordinator in Matt Patricia, but Belichick is a defensive mind. So I think sometimes we just gloss over that. He's had to get a little bit more involved on the defensive side. Um, the other thing too, no matter how, how they look all season long, all they're, they're going to win their division. Their division is awful with the Bills, Jets, both playing rookie quarterbacks. The Dolphins, we, we think they're decent. They're better than last year, but they all of a sudden looked like the Dolphins have passed and they got blown out by the Patriots. So all the Patriots have to do is win their division. If they have a seat at the table, which they will in the playoffs, then, then you're like, all right, then it's, you only need three you're more games the and you're there. So, yeah. and then you trust Brady and them. So you just kind of look at them and you're like, they'll figure out a way to do it. Uh, his receivers looked better, uh, last week. I mean, Philip Dorsett, huge catches. Yeah. His own. You're getting back Julian Edelman. Yep. Josh Gordon, what do you have? Two catches? Yeah. Uh, do, do you imagine when you reintroduce like Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon that this could be a high powered offense? And I mean, I know we've made a lot of, like, you got Rob Gronkowski. If Josh Gordon is good and oh. Julian Edelman, you seem like you have all levels, if you will, of the field covered in sure. terms of, of uh, uh, ability. And Philip Dorsett can stretch the field too. For sure. But here's the thing with this, this offense to me does revolve a, a, a lot around Gronk and his ability to attract the attention of the safeties and matchups. You find mismatch, uh, mismatches across the board. You've got to put multiple defenders on him. So I still think there could be some hiccups, but I think getting Edelman back is huge. That's a guy that Brady clearly trusts in the system. There's a lot of complex routes where you there's a lot of trust between the quarterback and the receivers, and I don't think Brady has that trust yet with some of these other guys. As he develops it with Josh Gordon, now that he gets um, Edelman back, like he'll have that guy he can go to. I think they'll get more and more comfortable because this is an offense that has been one of the best in the NFL, looking pretty pedestrian. You know, 23rd in the league in yards per game, uh, 22nd uh, pass yards per game, 15th in points per game at 23. Like these are not numbers you're used to seeing. Right. But I think it all has to be like they're getting everything together. They're getting all the pieces in place, and I think they're only going to get better as the season moves along. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you have the Colts, and the Colts have been. Uh, see, uh, like this is a year for the Colts where it's a new coach, Frank Reich. You're getting back Andrew Luck off this. You know he's missed so much time. I thought they clearly made a statement last week with Frank Reich going for the overtime, like or going for the win in overtime. I think that was like, hey, we got nothing to lose this year. Like we're not going to be that good. Let's set a tone for the season. And I loved it from his standpoint. But I think that's what this uh, team is. I'm shocked that they threw it 62 times with Andrew Luck coming off that surgery. Right. But I think that was the game where you're like, all right, you don't have any more issues. Like, we don't have to worry about anything health-wise with him. So now they're kind of the reins are off. And this is a team that's in a rebuild year. Like, they're not going to be very good. So 
I think that's just what the Colts are right now. First of all, I could only tell you two people on the Colts roster. <laughs> and I mean, and one of them's look, heard. I think T.Y. Hilton would be correct. And, and he guy. went to my school. So I, like, there's a reason I know why he's on the Colts. Uh, so that speaks to kind of where they are because I'm, I'm, I'm your casual football fan, right? But, and I do think that when you make the call in the last game to go for it, while I agree you're establishing culture and who you want to be, it also screams like we're not playing for a whole lot right now, right? Because right. it seemed like a pretty, Casual decision on his part. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there wasn't a whole lot that hung in the balance. It's easy to go for it when you know you're, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So I agree with where you, with, with where you have them projected as a team in their rebuild situation. I did think it was interesting that they took the reins off of Andrew Luck last week in terms of how many times he threw the ball. Yep. Um, I still got to ask you about the, the, the depth of the routes. Like he threw yeah. 15 balls between 11 and 20 yards and he only threw six. 20 plus yards that seems a little bit more than it was a few weeks ago i think a few weeks ago we were talking about the routes between like i don't know five and ten yards or zero and ten yards so you know it looks like the number of throws and the depth of the throws are increasing uh which is a good sign for anyone worried about his shoulder or his neck or whatever he had going on i think you are very you are onto something because that was the one trend i noticed he was up around 70 percent of his completion percentage earlier in the year now he's at 67 percent but it did look like it was a little bit of a check down Charlie type situation where he was just, you know, taking the very conservative routes. I think there's a couple of things. I think Frank Reich was designing this to get the ball out of his hands. So he didn't get a lot of hits early. I think, yeah, I think they're trying to say, Hey, let's not put a lot of stress on our offensive line by taking a lot of five and seven step drops, having you sit back there and try to stretch the ball downfield. I don't think that's a huge, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I think that's a good thing. And the fact it kind of gets some confidence back in it. The more right. balls you complete, sure. it just builds your confidence. Like you see, like, yeah, see, him basketball. see him go through the net. The more completions you get, you'll get the ball down the field more. It'll start to open things up. And the fact that he's two for six for 20, you know, balls 20 yards downfield, that's about the norm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, they're not high percentage throws when you're going down there. The thing I think that's interesting is with the NFL, the way it's going, like 62 attempts, telling you we're just going to start seeing these types of games more often the offensive numbers that you're seeing across the board are going to get shattered we're going to be setting records week after week after week it's it's the new nfl it's there it's what we're seeing unfold before our eyes the other thing about the colts too and i think this was some drama that unfolded for them in the offseason was josh mcdaniels remember he was signed to leave the patriots go to this team and then all of a sudden he backs out yeah. at the last minute because you know, the rumors are that he's the head coach and waiting now unofficially, but officially, uh, for Bill Belichick, it's a long-term deal where he's one of the higher paid offensive coordinators in the league. So they kind of scrambled to find Frank Reich. I love the hire, um, because he's former quarterback. Like I, I always love that relationship. I think he can help Andrew Luck a ton. Mm-hmm. It's just something about having a sounding board of somebody who's been in that position. It just makes it a little bit, there's a better relationship there. I heard an argument yesterday about, to your point about all of the scoring and the passing and so on and so forth that, you know, it started at the high school level. And it was really interesting because they were saying, you know, the college guys go in and they see what these high schools are doing. They're recruiting quarterbacks and they're like, Hey man, that's, that's cool stuff. Can you bring it? Can you show us how you're running that? And then pro guys do it to the college guys when they're evaluating the Danny Canals of the world. And they're like, Hey, can you introduce us to some of the school stuff you're doing? So it kind of trickled up is, is what they were saying. And then the consequently, they were saying as it pertained to some of these quarterbacks this year and Lamar Jackson's of the world, it's the best time ever to take swings at college quarterbacks that you may not five or seven years ago have thought could translate into the NFL because 
it's not the old NFL anymore. So like everyone's running college schemes offensively. So now is like the time to go out and find you a college quarterback because a lot of them are going to be able to work in the NFL where before, you know, you had your stars and you had some guys that were all right, but a lot of guys didn't make that transition. Those West Coast offenses, those Pac-12 and 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 whatever offenses, like nobody wanted those kids. They didn't think they could run in a spread, you know, shotgun offense in the NFL. Everybody does it now. So apparently there's more drama in Oakland too. Yeah. As uh John Gruden has been like he's he's stepped in it himself a bunch talking about how do we generate a pass rush, how do we do this stuff like, yeah. and you know, they couldn't work out the deal with Khalil Mack. Now Khalil Mack's having like the year for the ages with the Bears. He's going out there just wreaking havoc. So apparently the other day he took a shot at his GM, Reggie McKenzie, talking about uh how he wanted Derwin James in the first round, but unfortunately they took a safety um in twenty sixteen with Carl Joseph and one in the second round uh in 2017 it it's the drama out in, in the raiders in raider nation i think is only going to get because you have a huge personality who's making 100 million dollars 10 million a year i think it's going to be interesting to see how this thing unfolds as this season for them now they got the win but it was against the browns i still look at that team and say oh man this this is going to come to a head at some point between gruden and the locker room or gruden in the front office so i played for larry brown um and he's a great dude but he was one of the guys, and I'm, I'm going to ask you because I don't know Gruden, but I, I've said I like Larry Brown. I don't know that I like John Gruden, but they seem like the same person when you drop them into an organization where they're brilliant. They know all, they know their stuff, but you've almost got to concede full control to them, and then there's a there's a shelf life on it, right? So you give them control, and they will fix your problems. Like they'll I, get it squared away and get it right, but then three years maybe you got to kind of part ways because the methods that they use to get you there become really abrasive and they wear everybody kind of, you know, out. Right, right. That's he like, seems like that kind of dude. I think he could be. He's a grinder. He's a guy that comes in at 3.30 every morning to watch film and get ready for the day. And because he feels that way, which, you know, he's like, well, where's everybody else? And he likes meeting with his quarterback super early. There's legendary stories about Rich Gannon getting in there at 4.30 to watch film. That's good for some guys. Yeah. But if it's not what you're vibing, then it's not going to work well, and you're going to grind on those guys. Jim Harbaugh, same thing. Yep. Like, hey, he's going to get it turned around, but there's a shelf life on him, three or four years, kind of everywhere he's been. It's be interesting because he's coming up on that time at Michigan. Even, even you know, wearing on your players is one thing, but when you start to wear on like your your general managers, yeah, like, like your, your player staff. personnel people, yeah, the people within this, you know, the bowels of the arena. When you're wearing on everybody, then you know, that speaks a little bit. Speaks to kind of who you are, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders do it. Uh, we gotta come back. We gotta get Emory Hunt on here. He's got some picks for us. Indiana at Ohio State. Is he calling a potential upset? Nah, heck no. I hope not. Heck we'll no. see. <laughs> Next and off the bench. Alright, it's Thursday, so you know what that means. We bring in our guy Emery Hunt, helps us get ready for the whole weekend, uh, investing in your college football and No doubt. Action. Investing, I like Emery, that. I have a question for you. So he's our sports line expert. You can follow him on Twitter, at FBall Game Plan, uh, on Twitter. How do you, this is before we get to our picks, I have, I need a little, uh, like therapy session because we do our picks on Friday after you do. I've been having a rough go of it. Really rough week last week. I'm like licking my wounds. One in four. <laughs> What do you do after a rough week? Like how, how do you, like mentally, how do you get past that hurdle? You just blame it on something else. You just gotta, you know what? <laughs> Never <laughs> happened. But against the spread, you know what? It happens, but you just gotta forget last week and just regroup. 
All right, that's what we're going to do. Forget last week and regroup. You don't have to because you're doing all right this season. 10 and 11 and 2 on the year. Let's get to college football. I teased an upset. I don't think it's going to be this one. Indiana at Ohio State. Ohio State's uh 25-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? I like Ohio State to roll in this game. I thought last week was their test, and I think they'll come out guns a-blazing against Indiana. So I think they can cover the spread. So I would say later points with Ohio State. Okay, we've got uh in the SEC, you got Kentucky and Texas A&M. Uh, A&M's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. What you got now? You know what? This team reminds me a little bit of the uh, Northwestern team back in, what, 95, 96. There's something special about Kentucky right now. They're running the football. They're playing good defense. Those are two recipes for success. I think they upset A&M. So I'm saying taking Kentucky, take, take Kentucky and the points in this ballgame. I like it. Jimbo Fisher, that would be uh interesting if they lose at home and then all of a sudden he's sitting there just like Kevin Sumlin had done. That'd be a kind of interesting, especially <laughs> if they pay him $75 million to get that kind of results. Uh Texas, Oklahoma, the Red River showdown. Oklahoma's been awesome on offense. They had the one game against uh Army that was a little bit nerve-wracking as they went to overtime, but it was on pay-per-view, so no one saw it. Texas gets over their hump. They beat USC. After a disastrous first uh, week of the season, they lost to Maryland. They've been able to bounce back. They look pretty good. Uh, Texas getting seven and a half points. Who do you like uh, uh, the showdown here? This could have been a blowout if you would have asked me in week one because I wasn't all in on Texas. But I think Texas has gotten significantly better each and every week, like you mentioned. So I think this game will be a lot closer than what this line indicates. So that means take Texas and the points. Boom. All right, to the only game that really matters this weekend. You've got the Hurricanes as a 13-point favorite. Uh-huh. Nikosi Perry, uh, DeAndre Francois, Florida State comes to town. Do we cover is the only question I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is another game that's going to be really close, man, because both hey. quarterbacks, now that Perry is in the lineup, I think it's outstanding. And you have Francois that's playing better football. Hopefully he continues to have that uh, protection up front. So I think this game would be very close. I would say take Florida State and the points in this one. Boom. There Dang. we go. That's what I'm saying. 13's way too big a number. We got to talk that up Texas, under Emory's loss. With, that's in his loss <laughs> column now. Even with the Texas Oklahoma, like when I see big numbers right. in rivalry games, stay I away. Exact, well, or take the underdog because yeah. I think they're going to be closer than a lot of times. Right, right, right. Because there'll be a better team to have them better year. But I think ultimately when you play each other and you hate each other and you've played all this. Except for this one. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's move on to the NFL because we got the Dolphins. They were 3-0, and then they go up to Foxborough, they get smacked, and they're trying to figure out where they are. They're 1-6 against the spread, their last seven games on the road. The Bengals, Andy Dalton had an awesome game last week uh, against the Falcons. A.J. Green's tearing people up. The Dolphins, Bengals, Bengals are a six-point favorite. Who do you like in this spot? I was at the Dolphins-Jets game when the Dolphins beat the Jets, and I saw Dolphins media just kind of talking about this game like this could be the year. And I'm looking around like, did anyone notice how the Jets gave this game away? So I wasn't surprised what happened last week against New England. I think it's going to happen again this week against Cincinnati. Lay the points with the Bengals. Their offense looks real, and they also get Vontez Burfick back at linebacker. So I think they roll in this one against Miami. Man, Dolphins fans are going to be so upset. <laughs> I um, know, right? They're back to crazy. reality. Um, all right, talk to me about this game, the Jets and the Broncos. It's the Jets minus two. But, uh, I mean, I watched the Broncos play the other night. They look like this far superior team. Are points worth – I mean, home adv- field advantage worth that much in the NFL? I don't think so. I, I think it just – I think talent is worth way more than where you play. And you hit the nail on the head. This team that we saw on Monday night against Kansas City – is a lot better than this team that we've seen so far for the Jets. So 
I would take the Broncos and the points in this one and as a straight-up winner. The Broncos, to me, are a few plays away from being undefeated. This is a very good football team. Awesome. Emery, good stuff as always. Have a good weekend. I know you're calling like 8,000 games over the weekend. So enjoy it, man. You're hustling out there. We appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you guys. All right. He's our sports line excerpt expert. If you want to go there, check it out. Use promo code kickoff at sign up and you'll get your first month of sports line for just $1. That's promo code kickoff. Check it out. Uh, if you ever miss any of, uh, Emery Hunt's picks, you can check us out in the podcast. Go to iTunes, anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five star review. We'd appreciate that. It's been a while. We haven't done our five star review question Q and a Friday yeah. in a while. So gotta go, keep incentivizing go get on folks. there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go get on there. Leave us a five-star review. Ask us a question there. I'm a little bit bummed this weekend because I'm out of town to go call a football game. Uh-huh. I'm going to Memphis, lovely Memphis. Oh, nice. Go to Graceland and yeah. see that. And that Beale Street. Beale Street. Yeah, for sure. But I'm going to miss the game. Yeah. The game of the weekend. You're not going to be missing Florida State-Miami game. Do you really, so seriously, all smack talk aside, how comfortable do you feel with the 13 points? Yeah, 13 is a lot of points. Um, I think more probably in a 10-point range. But you guys haven't looked really good. <laughs> no, like it I, awful. Like I'm nervous for this game because I think it could get ugly. But I have to. I have to believe our defense, which has been better. Right. I think they'll come out and they'll put some pressure on a guy in his first start in the in a rivalry game. It's a mm-hmm. different atmosphere. It is a different atmosphere. That'll sure. that'll be a different spot for him. I feel like the defense. I, I would expect a lower scoring game is what I'm hoping for. There, anyway. there is something to be said for you know the rivalry and especially. You know, one where guys are all from, for the most part, the same area. Like yeah. you got a lot of guys from the state of Florida, like even the state of like, you know, South Florida, where you're talking about Palm Beach down, you know, Florida State comes and pulls a lot of guys. Those, those typically wind up being tighter and there's a lot more at stake. You could throw the wins and losses, you know, out the window, but I, I don't feel comfortable with 13 to answer your question. Right. I, I think we number. win the game, but 13 is a big I, And I think, and as look, Florida State should have lost to Louisville. Like, uh, Bobby Petrino gift wrapped that, that in his quarterback did too, because they had a call played at the end of the game. They could have run the clock out. Instead, the quarterback checks out the line of scrimmage because it was a check with me play where he's thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm going to check because they're giving me the, the pass. Right. You can't do that in that situation. <laughs> he throws a pick and then DeAndre Francois leads him down the field in an awesome dr- uh, drive. They get the win. I'm hoping. That they can build off that and they can say, hey, we got some confidence now. All of a sudden, we're believing a little bit. But I still saw DeAndre Francois, even though we had four touchdowns and zero interceptions, I still saw saw him getting knocked around a lot. And I think it's only going to get worse because an offensive line, which is struggling in protection, it's going to be brutal for them on the tackles, on the edges, which is where they're struggling to hear the play, the sure. snap count and to hear to, to the defensive line, I think is going to tee off on DeAndre Francois. I am worried that he finishes the game. Well, the, yeah, and you should be though. And yeah. I don't say that because I'm a fan, but the Canes had led, they, you know, they led NCAA in tackles for a loss, at least before going into the North Carolina game. And I don't know that they did anything in that game to kind of hurt that stat. So you should be a little worried. The only thing is that, that, uh, um, Hard Rock Stadium is not like the loudest. Florida State game, it will be though. It'll be rocking. Um, be worried, bro. I am. I am a little worried. The total, so I was saying I like the, uh, like the under on this one. Right. It dropped four points. So obviously a lot of people are thinking the same thing of, oh, hey, this is young quarterbacks, bad Florida State offense, Nikozi Parrott in his first start. Maybe he gets, you know, knocked around two or makes a couple mistakes. I just don't want to see that damn turnover chain. That's what I do not want to yeah, see. Yeah. If that, if that all. comes out, you guys are in about trouble. Six times yeah. in North Carolina, you have no chance. It's funny too, the what it does for the crowd. It gets oh. them involved. It, it all of a sudden like boosts them up. So I remember my first start. Um, in this rivalry game, in the Orange Bowl, 
And I remember I had, I think it was our fifth or sixth game about, about this time, October. And I, we were undefeated. I was putting up pretty good numbers. And Mark Richt was our quarterback coach. And he like pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, this is different. It's a different speed. It's a different week. It's going to feel like the Super Bowl. There's a lot of media attention. And there was. Right. So I'm thinking, and we, we had a good defense in ours. We had Derek Brooks. We had Hall of Famers. I went every day in his practice. So I'm like, Oh, we'll be all right. So we go out there. Drive down the field, like march down the field, first drive, like seven or eight plays. We get down to the red zone. And I'm thinking, like, this is <laughs> and different. I'm still putting up numbers. Right. Get in the red zone. We call a pass. I'm like feeling it. This is in, this, this is, is in, in the Miami. This the, is in, against Orange Warren Bowl? Sapp, against Ray Lewis, yeah. against Canard Lang. Like they had a ton of Those NFL some talent. Names, some yeah. dudes tried to squeeze one in there in the back of the end zone. Got picked you. off. I forget who it was. Safeties <laughs> who was in the NFL too got picked off, and from there it was downhill fast. All of a sudden, saps in my lap like the whole game. He's knocking me around. I still got a scar on my. See the scar right here? You can't see it. See that little scar yeah. on my wrist? That's from Ray Lewis. Hit me and like I was bleeding. Like got benched in the third and the fourth quarter, and it was like, oh, yeah, it is a little bit different. I was. What mind. year was that? That was ninety four. Down in Miami. Oh yeah, I was, in there, I was huh? probably in the in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> you probably were like MFing you. I was yeah, probably, exactly. You probably uh, were sneaky, like sneakily one of the best stadiums. Like oh, I hate ever. it. See, and I, it was rickety, and on, and you thought that like the the overhang was going to fall on you and stuff. But that place would be rocking. That was a true home field advantage for the Canes. My quote: Good job from Debo doing a little research. Oof, I don't know if I want to read these out loud. <laughs> 13 of 28. I was probably, and I was probably six of seven on that first drive. <laughs> that was even worse the rest of the game. For 153 yards play, uh, passing was replaced by John Snark in the last, uh, final minute of the third quarter. That was early benching. They should have gave me a little more time. Some of my throws were gifts, said Cannell, a young Cannell. That was after the game, but they were also the result of Florida State's ineffective rushing. And uh Rohan Marley, Ro. was a beast. That dude was Ro. out there, weak side linebacker, was pride, all baby. over the place. He said, "Quote: We knew if we put pressure on the quarterback, it would throw off his timing." He was right. He was. Uh, he was absolutely right on that one. So good memory, walk down memory lane uh today on the old uh, ones. Although my senior year, we had our way with. Uh, it. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. All right, David Sampson is going to help us all the baseball action. We'll get some picks from him for the weekend, and we got to recap the uh Yankees game from last night. That's right, it was the Yankees game. All right, let's bring in our guy David Sampson, who loved my highlight oh, call right there. That. I thought it was, it was all unreal. thrown off because it was that. like, are we doing them or not? And it was the last minute we're going. Um, let's talk about the game. How big was it for them? Because I thought it was a little bit controversial going with Severino. Had been a little bit off the latter portion of the season. There was a lot of people, Yankees fans, who wanted Hap to go. Aaron Boone says, all right, we're going to go with Severino. I thought it was huge for him early. First inning comes out, looks like he has his A stuff, sets the tone. Then uh, we just talked about Judge getting that home run early. I thought the start for them was huge, that they could kind of breathe a little bit as the game went on. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. The first inning was everything. And Severino came out, established his fastball. He was throwing 98, which is what he can do all through the game. When he's going well, he's throwing 98 for nine innings. And so he got through the first inning, which was critical. And then Judge hits the home run without an out. Yeah, Obviously, he's the number two hitter in the lineup. Two run home run, yeah. two nothing before and out. Hendricks, that's what the problem with bullpen starts. I hate the you need like you need everyone to be good. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. Think about this. Right now, we need the three of us to all be on point for this to be good. And I already I'm rarely up in the on so <laughs> Two of us are good. We're already David's behind able. the eight ball. But is this something because we're seeing this trend 
of going with the starter who goes out there and tries to get first, you know, the, the opener. Yeah, the opener, <laughs> the starter, the opener to try to get through those first three or four hitters. And then you saw the A's take it to the absolute extreme by going with this bullpen approach. Only one true starter was in the lineup with, uh, your guy, uh, what's your man? Edward, uh, the guy who had 17 different teams that he played on that we talked to. Edwin, Edwin Jackson. Jackson. Edwin Jackson. Um, I hate it from a standpoint of like, as a pitcher, I'd want to find my rhythm. And you never know what you're going to get from any given guy on a different night. It's putting a lot of trust in all this compilation. And I don't, I'm glad it didn't work because I don't want to see it happen more often. Well, they had to do it because they had no starter. <laughs> right. And you're going to see it tonight with the Brewers. Right. You're going to see it with the Rockies. A lot of bullpen starts because teams, they just don't have starting pitching. Right. So let me ask you about that because the Red Sox, like that's been one of the questions about them and whether, I mean, they're the best team in baseball through the regular season, but do they have enough arms to, to be a, cons- a serious, serious threat to win the World Series in your opinion? Well, <clears throat> if you have Sale and Price, yeah. that's a good one too. But the Astros are deeper. The Indians are deeper. But one of those two teams is, you know, going to get knocked out. Going to knock, get knocked out. Right. What about, so you said Astros are better. Two guys in price and sale. How worried about Chris Sale? Cause the last time we saw him, his velocity was down four or five miles per hour. Are you worried about that at all with Indians? You have to be, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm watching sale. I'm looking for shoulder issues. Like what does he look like during the press conferences? Cause we're looking at this kind of stuff. Is he favoring it? Is it slumping a little bit? Is his range of motion off? And we're going to discover that. He's going to pitch game one. Who? If he's throwing 90 and can't really get out of the third or fourth inning, it's going to be a major problem for the Red Sox. Do you, who do you like in this series? Red Sox, Yankees. I still think the Red Sox are a better team, mm-hmm. but the Yankees, they, they have the ability and what we've always talked about. I think pitching wins in the playoffs and I think the Red Sox, if sale is right, are going to be fine. However, Price has an issue with the Yankees, mm-hmm. and he does not pitch well against them. So if both Sale and Price are mediocre, then all of a sudden the Yankees' mediocre is the same as the Red Sox' mediocre pitching. I like the Yankees' bullpen, and I like the Yankees' offense, so they could win it. The thing about a five-game series, the best team doesn't always win. Yeah. The, in a five-game Remember, game, like, in the NBA, like, I'm two just, out of that's, three? That's so – like, I would – think that in a five to seven game series the best team you're going to sort it out those are very different to me roger five and seven why? remember the nba were you playing why back in the 1940s <laughs> why are five and seven different you're still getting go through more of your rotation right more of your you need, baseball you need a four starter in a okay so that's series. that's specific to baseball then no I'm, i was really being serious I'm oh you're talking about baseball or yeah. basketball no baseball i think five and seven games are very different in every sport but I'm not familiar with five game series in any sport other than baseball. Well, we did it. We did it for a year in the NBA. Yeah. Well, there was at least one year I remember we did it, but I remember the two out of three. Do you remember those? That was ridiculous. Were you playing? Were you I born there? I played in two out of three. No, not ridiculous. Um, <laughs> go, you guys go, bro. I'm <laughs> what, what did have you liked? You, That's all he's got for this. To talk to you about. Cause I, I think it is like if the Yankees would have lost last night and you saw the Cubs get bounced, like, you had a hundred win season. Are you still a fan of the wild card? Cause I am from the perspective of drama. You're essentially getting a game seven type atmosphere because it's win or go home. But you know, for a team like the Cubs, who was pretty good all year. They get bounced in a, you know, a three hour window or a five hour window. If there's the Cubs so you lost. You no, but if the Yankees would have lost, I would have been ticked. Like I'd have been you like, man, oh, yeah, well, I'm a Yankees fan. I grew up, they were spring training team down here. Like I would have been upset saying, man, they kind of got robbed. Do you have any sympathy for that or do you still no. on the system? You win your it. division. You love it from a, from a, from a perspective. We voted for the one game that half the uh, ownerships wanted two out of three in the wild card. 
playing. Right. But then we would have been playing World Series through November. Right. And right. it's just too much. <laughs> right. And I love the networks loved having the one game elimination because people watch that. Yeah. Let's oh, face right. it. Yeah. You, I mean, other than you. Yeah. Right. People are who don't have to wake up at four a.m. Sure. Are watching these? No, I watched the. I watched more baseball in the last two nights because it's than exciting. I've, yeah, for sure. But I, now, are that. you going to watch the game once today? Uh, I'll probably tune in for a couple. Part, of, right. Yeah, I'll watch for some. But the excitement of my point was not to question your viewing habits, but to say the excitement of absolutely it generates it's amazing. Yeah, it's like March Madness. So let me ask you about the NL the NL series. Who comes out like? What do you got? The Dodgers. I know you're not a big fan of Yasiel Puig, but like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. how did you feel? All right. Better question. How'd you feel about that interview the other did day? Did you see that? How'd you feel about that? I know, so, I know how you felt. I loved it. Did you love the second flex? I, <laughs> which, which flex did you like? Did you like the, this one? I love the whole thing. One? Atlanta. <laughs> call me, baby. Guaranteeing <laughs> them. Guaranteeing oh, them. Crap. Who do you, the, the, the Braves, I feel like, no one has hardly talked about because they've had this lead. They won their division. They've been flying under the radar. I think for the first half of the season, no one believed they would, you know, they would win their division. They were like, ah, oh, they'll, they'll come back to reality. They're still in this. They're spot. my upset pick. They are. So they you're are. going with them. I'm, I'm going with them only because don't like Puig. I don't like Yasiel Puig. <laughs> right. This is totally with my heart, not my head. But the truth is the Braves, and we're going to talk about it on the queue later today. It's possible young guys, they don't really know what's happening. True. And so they can just go out. They're going to be really loose. The Dodgers have all this pressure because we predicted they're going to win the World Series. <laughs> They've made it to the postseason. Last year, they came a game away from getting the ring. So they feel like they just need to get the ring. It's ring or nothing for them. And that can make your your thing very tight. It's feast or famine with the young team, though, because the same way you could go out there and, like, I, I lived that where I, they dropped me in, like, Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals, and I had no idea what was happening. And so I was good. because I just didn't know the gravity of the situation. But... If they're not ready, you know what I mean? Like the, the the flip side of that coin is if things don't go well, there's very little middle ground for them. They're not they're not polished pros that can figure out how to pull it together, you know, in the middle of a game. So it's feast or famine sometimes with a young But I like having Freeman Marcakis there. Yeah. Because the veterans can sort of try to change that. Did you have veterans with you? I had great vets. Yeah. Uh, we had, I mean, Kembe Mutombo and Aaron McKee, Eric Snow, Allen Iverson. We had good dudes and, and they could do that. But as a, as a young player personally, if things went sideways in a game, I just didn't have enough game experience or experience in those moments to kind of regroup. Like I, I matured into that kind of player after a few years. So as a youngin, while you could be great because you don't know the gravity of the situation, you could also come out there and not have prepared because you didn't know the gravity of the situation. Are you concerned about Kenley Jansen because he's had his heart issues, he's been a little bit inconsistent, gave up two bombs the other night, but it didn't matter because they had the comfortable lead. How concerned are you about him uh, in this playoffs? He's got to perform, but we do not look at the results of closers pitching in non-save situations. Really? Because they're always bad. The results... Is that chicken noodle soup? <laughs> I thought that was chicken noodles. I got matzo distracted. ball soup. It's matzo soup, but the ball I can't get the matzo ball to. I was a little hungry. <laughs> but I'm curious about that. So you don't pay attention if it is a seven run lead that they don't have the same sense of urgency that Do they not. Want, that That's they don't getting have their the work intensity. in. So it's just like almost like a bullpen session. When you pitch, it's hundred percent. When you put a closer in in that situation in a five six run lead in a game that doesn't matter, you're just get his work in and get him out without being injured. My favorite team in this playoffs is the Brewers. Love their you know love what Yelich is doing um I, I was driving around listening i didn't realize this bob Uecker is still working for them he's like 84 years old he's doing their play-by-play like i think they're a fun young team they've been on fire towards the end to get to this position um 
Do you like them too against the Rockies? Because both these teams are kind of similar. I love similar. both these teams. Yeah, they're both. This is the toughest one to call. I'm going the Brewers because they play well at Miller Park, and I just think they're hot right now. And the hotter team normally wins. The Rockies pulled out that winning Chicago, but it really was not a. Um, I wouldn't call it a win that gave me great confidence. They right. can beat. They can beat uh, the Brewers. But here's the thing about the five game series. Getting back to that, when you lose game one in a seven game series. You've got to win four out of the next six games. Yeah. Not easy, but doable. Game one in a five-game series, the way we look at it in baseball is, wow, we have to beat this team three out of four. And in a four-game series in baseball, most of those are splits. Mm. It's hard to beat a team three out of four times. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I I need to see the percentages on that, but I t- <laughs> oh, I typically sorry. No, 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 but I'm analytics. Look, <laughs> obviously, the longer the series goes, the better percent chance you have of the better team winning. Like I get that, but I, I think when you get to five games in the NBA, because we don't have starting pitchers, we're rolling out the same five. Uh, where you're going to get the better team win most of the time. Like that's enough. Like, NBA games, you might you might sneak me for one game, maybe two, but I'm going to win. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to wind up getting three out of five on practice. We talk about <laughs> practice, not a game. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. We talk about practice. <laughs> All right, I'm glad we got you here because we have you here a bunch throughout these uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. You help us break it down. But I want to get your take because I was the NBA anonymous poll was put out the survey. I got a major problem with one of their results, uh, which it is. There you go. Good team next off the bench. Like that. that was outstanding. <laughs> All right, fascinating discussion here in between break. We're breaking down art. We're going over the greatest artists in the world. We're talking Jackson Pollock. We're talking Kix Radamas. Yeah. Got everybody covered, all aspects. All right, the NBA put out uh, their annual GM survey uh, where they ask the GMs of every team a bunch of different um, questions. They come out with their storylines. MVP, no surprise here, Ke- uh, LeBron James, 30% of that vote. Kevin Durant came in second with 27%. Anthony Davis was third at 17%. The one I always find is fascinating because these are GMs. These are guys who are supposed to know how to build franchises, uh, you know, build teams, winning, uh, winning teams. They were asked, if you could start a franchise today and you could start it with any player in the NBA, who would it be? Number one is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, I like, but I, I don't, I have a problem with him being the first guy over Anthony Davis. And I get that Kevin Durant and LeBron and Steph are older, but there's no way you would tell me I wouldn't rather have any of those guys over Giannis? Um, you're going with yeah. the GMs? I, I no, Side I mean the front office. You must still be looking for a gig. The problem? No, it's this is purely based on age. Um, and Giannis is good at everything. Like the only thing he doesn't really do yet is stroke Shoot. the ball. And last night, I don't. I mean, if you watch, I mean, you guys were busy watching baseball. <laughs> you watching preseason? Yeah. Um, he was actually pulling up off the bounce. I don't know how many he wound up hitting, but it looks like he's under. He's undertook the, 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 the mission of trying to build out his game and shoot jumpers. So that, that lends itself to him being able to do that in, a, in the next few years because shooting is all about reps. So I, I'm going to go with Giannis. I think, look, he defends, he rebounds, he's damn 6'11 and handles the ball. He's a point forward. Yeah. I'm, I think they, I think they made the right call here. Now clearly like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron are dropping a hat ready to go right now. Like they got well, well-rounded skill sets, but that kid for the future, it's what toss up Anthony to Anthony Davis. Davis. Anthony Davis is I don't think Anthony five. Davis has that. Well, Anthony Davis can't handle ball for you, right? Like, this kid can do essentially what Anthony Davis does because Anthony Davis doesn't play with his back to the basket. He does everything Anthony Davis does and handles the ball. You can't really ask a GM that question. I hate those questions when those surveys would come, like in baseball. Who would you build around? It's like fantasy. We're not doing fantasy. We're actually running the team. So we need to know about 
age are we building for this year? How long is my contract? Am I trying to correct? Correct. How long? Am I okay? <laughs> LeBron, let's get LeBron. Right. Let's find him. So these surveys to me uh, are are more water cooler fodder for for media, which us. is us. Yeah. yeah. Right. Noticeably but, absent, Carl Anthony Towns, who was on the list last year, not even in the top six of there. It's um, hard to believe. Right. I, I was too. Uh, His stock has yeah, fallen there's, 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 Yeah. Look, people know. When you start having people question, people know. Like when Steven Jackson's coming out, when Jimmy Butler's coming out, when you start to hear guys talk about whether your commitment is there or if you're – like that's not just because they don't like you, bro. That's because enough people have have whispered it and someone is now not whispering it. You know what I mean? Like it's out there. People – People people have the book on what he is right now. Now, he could change, but they right. got the book on who he is now. An interesting, I think, enigma of this poll is they have the Lakers pick to finish fifth in the West, which I think is lower than some people think, but they also have LeBron winning the MVP. I don't think LeBron wins the MVP if they finish fifth. I don't think he's having a good enough Why, why not? Because I think he has to. I think for if he has an MVP type season, I think they'll be third best in the in the West. Oof. That's going to be a tough. Um, be third? How, yeah. how are they going to do that? Because I, I think it's going to be a it's going to be like a game separating right. like third and fifth or sixth. Like it's going to be that tight in the West. And you're talking about Golden State. You're talking about Houston. Um, you're talking about the, like the Jazz are a sneaky good team. Nobody's talked about the Jazz all preseason. All they do is get better. The kid Grayson Allen is really, really good. Um, they've got Thunder. it figured out out there. You've got the Thunder. I mean, so he could in theory have an MVP type of season and be in third place going in the last game of the season and wind up in sixth. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just I love that LeBron went to the Lakers personally because I want to see him if he makes it back to the finals with the Lakers this year. Can we have the MJ debate? That's it. Can we can we then though? Can we I have the Golden willing to have the debate. Yeah. Yeah. Right now I, I'm I, not. I agree. No, correct. It brings correct. them to the finals because this year or in year 2. This year. This year only. Continue his streak. Uh, to continue the streak. I, I think by the way, he's in the fourth quarter. LeBron as an yeah. MVP candidate, as yeah. a guy who can carry a team to the finals. But he's done it so many years in a row. This, to me, I think the Lakers team is worse than the Cavs team was last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of top-end star power, I'd agree with you, right? But the ability. Well, who's, who's, they lost Kyrie last year. So there was really Kevin mate? Love. Was it? Yeah. This year, who's his? No, no, I got you. Guy, I got you. But like Kevin Love was just a guy last year. He was not a star. Like it was LeBron and right. Like they lost Kyrie. Kyrie was the star. But I hear you. Like I, you can make the case. I think they have more talent. The Lakers have a lot more talent. Those young guys like Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball. Those are super talented dudes. I haven't even touched on like Josh Hart. And then like, look, Javale McGee catches a lot of Shaq in the fool. Like. Like he gets killed, but he's like a six eleven freaky athlete. Rondo, there's some, there are more pieces there than people think. They're gonna be surprising. Have you heard what he just said? He keeps saying six eleven freaky athletes. Right, those didn't exist. No, we were no, we were young. I would hear of them. And no, now they were everywhere and awkward. They yeah. couldn't only do one thing, and it was dunk and right. grab a rebound. Uh, are you thinking about putting a ban on Fortnite in your household? What would your kids do if you did that? They they like they, riot right yeah they probably go into full withdrawals <laughs> but what we do now is you gotta go outside and play basketball or do something physical like by yourself for fifteen minutes to earn you thirty minutes of Fortnite like that that's what you get right like so the I the reason I ask is because we talked we've actually talked this and you you've talked to us about how concerning it was because guys are addicted to games so the Vancouver Canucks uh, have actually banned Fortnite as a team. They're saying it takes too much time. And so you don't, you don't. What, in the facility? No, I think like all that. Yeah, it's right. like it's, it's They're like trying to. Cool. Say you're, they monitoring can't play my, you're monitoring my V-Bucks. You're monitoring my stop. It's kind of like in high school when you said, hey, no one's going to drink this season. Beat <laughs> it. Wow. Yeah, right. And everyone's like, all right. And then you go out and a couple of dudes are still doing it. I do think, 
I think I think you do have to put restrictions on it because I, I, if you have guys playing until three or four a.m. and they're not sleeping and it is addicting as much as it is, the World Health Organization came out and said it was Dude, a, it was stop. more addictive than heroin. It is I just, super addictive, bro. I, just, you, I got a six year old, a nine year old, an eleven year old, and a forty two year old who are all semi play that Fortnite. Yeah, I played it yesterday five times. Okay, run, running a team, I want my guys at four in the morning. Doing Fortnite, other than doing right, other things. Well, about it, yeah. because <laughs> no one's getting arrested for Fortnite. Correct. What if they're getting no carpal tunnel? Uh, I'm I'm not happy about that. <laughs> right. But you can get some other ish things at four in the morning <laughs> that may not be as treatable as carpal tunnel. Carpal yes, tunnel. Yes. Throwing it out there. Uh, real quick, Joe Madden, one year lame duck. Any cause for concern? I actually think it's a good situation for them because I think they need something to wake up this team that was kind of, hey, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, and then they got they couldn't they went to flip the switch and they couldn't come on. You have any problem with them doing the one year? We always liked. I, I talked about this yesterday on Twitter. Actually, we like extending managers and then firing them. That, <laughs> right. That's always that our that, plan. That, that was, was always the plan. It's the best way to do it. I don't like the the distraction of a, of a manager in his last year yeah. because then the questions start during spring training. Yep. So don't want it. Well, 